Rock Central in the Kintech studio. It's Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. If you missed the opening hour of the show, Frank Saravalli, on what the Canucks did, what they are up to, what they could still do, and also more context on the trade that never happened between the Canucks and San Jose Sharks. Tyler Myers on the table for, well, you can go back and listen to the first hour of the podcast to find out. It was Kevin LeBanc. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Ryan Seacrest you. Okay, I'm not gonna do that yeah. with the ultimate tease. Can't do it. Uh, but check that out on podcast. Your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe. Leave a review. We do appreciate it. We appreciate our next guest. He joins us every Monday. Don Taylor, the legend himself. Don Donnie and Dolly. Ten to noon. Check TV Monday through Friday. What's happening, Donnie? Just uh, checking out uh, a football game here, and uh, yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. Uh, have you been uh, on the whiteboard in your basement uh, trying to construct all the Canucks lines and what everything's going to look like next year? Well, of course, I've got. I've had, I've had about three different versions so far. You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, Abbotsford's looking really good. Yeah, like, like uh, it's it's you know, so much depends on you know, put Coles in and, and Hoaglander, and if they can take a step up somehow. And uh, well, I know how. I have a really good summer. And how about that to start? And if if, if they can come through, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything's possible, but maybe a lot better than people think. And, and look, they're you know, on the blue line anyway. They wanted to get bigger. They wanted to get harder to play against. Uh, they wanted to get better in their PK. They had a they had a focus. And you know, thankfully for long suffering uh, Lions or probably Canucks fans. Um, you know, uh, they didn't come up with any crazy contracts. So I thought the focus was really good, and they, they stayed with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the staying with it aspect of it, and we were talking before the show, in past, in, past, in the past, what we would see was Vancouver was out to get, let's say, Milan Lucic in free agency that year, right? They're like, hey, we're willing to give this guy $6 million per year per, for a long-term contract. And they couldn't get Milan Lucic. So what do they do? They're like, oh, let's just go to the next guy. And then Louis Erickson here is six by six. They just signed him to a contract. And I think there were players on the higher end here that Vancouver was interested in, um, whether it was via trade or in free agency, Donnie. But once they couldn't make that happen, instead of using that money on somebody else, they're like, let's just go to the cheaper options. Let's keep our powder dry. And we'll yep. give ourselves a chance to be competitive next year. But also, now we still have flexibility to make bigger additions as time goes on. Yeah, it just it just seemed really measured and smart, you know. Versus, and and maybe that's just because things have been so get, bad from a free agent uh, point of view in the past with the Canucks. It just it just seemed focused, measured, smart. No, nothing nothing spectacular. Maybe this team needs spectacular, but given the past, I think most Canuck fans are are, are okay with it. You know, it it felt so much like uh, okay, well, we can't raise the ceiling of this team right now, even if we'd like to, but let's at least make sure we can uh, fix the penalty kill at the very least. Like let's help some of our goal prevention statistics, because that's something that has really crushed this team the last two years, Donnie. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to you know, goal scoring, the connect for 13th in goals for per game, uh, their, their power play was decent. So it was really about focusing on, on, on the defense. And again, guys, I know I've mentioned this before, but I keep going back to that night in March when they played Vegas, and you rarely hear a coach 
praise another team as much as Rick Tockett did. And you look at the playoffs, he was absolutely right. But the thing he kept talking about that night, I think it was a one-goal victory for Vegas. The thing he talked about several times during that media scrum was just how big and thick and, you know, and, and stout the Vegas defense is. And he, you could tell he really admired what they had. So I think old Rick had a lot to do with what we saw here on the weekend. You know, I, I guess the, uh, the downside of it, the way the team is, is currently set up and, and they needed to fix some of those areas, right? The goal prevention, try to fix the penalty kill finally. And I get all of that, but I just, I wonder if we're going to go into the season and, and say, well, this team can't really score beyond Elias Pettersson and JT Miller. Like you mentioned the stat, 13th in, yeah. in goals scored per game. Like that's yeah. that's not a juggernaut by any means, right? No, that's true, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. It, I wonder if we're just going to go on the opposite end of things and be like, well, where's the goal scoring on this team? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess, I you know, Taka was here long enough to, you know, to figure out, and again, I think he had a lot to do with this, to figure out what's really wrong with, with the team. And obviously defense was was number one on on his list. They still have to score. And look, I, I mentioned guys like Hud Colson and Hoaglander. When we as we get back to offense here, you know, Bester's got to step it up. And it's just so strange. His season was strange in that I believe you guys can help me out here. I believe he was one point off a career high at points. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't just looking at him, it just didn't seem good enough. He he could take a step and, you know, may, maybe go crazy in the beauty league in there in Minnesota. I don't know. But but when I, when I say take a step, I mean that literally. You know, work on his first step, work in his skating in the off season. Uh, that that would be just so big for the offense and get him back to the sniper he used to be would would just be so much. It, it really would. And if we're looking at internal improvements, does it as much as we're talking about guys revamping it, like whether it's a Besser or a Garland. Is the biggest improvement going to come from their stars, Hughes and Pedersen? As much as you know, you know, Hughes still got some notoriety for Norris, and and Pedersen got some Selkie votes. But it seems like if we're looking at the ceiling expanding, it might be those guys taking even another step next season. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Pedersen having you know, and again, you know, fabulous season. But we're talking over a hundred points. How much better can he get? Maybe that's just what what has to happen. It, you know, it's it's hard to. That's a great point. It's hard to think that because they and Miller too. But Miller had a decent season, not, not as good as a year before. Can they get better? Can, can those guys improve? I'll tell you one thing, and this has nothing to do with goal scoring. I know I've talked about it before, but Demko staying healthy is is massive, and uh, that was certainly help, helps the defense. So, you know, let, let's start with the health of your stars first of all, in particular Demko, and, and go from there. But those guys, all those players that are the stars. They're very competitive, and I'm sure they want. I'm sure they want to beat what they did last year. So um, that that mindset could help the uh, the Canucks. I do wonder if uh, we're at the point now, Donnie, where we we go into next year still wondering when Connor Garland might be traded because there's not much cap space around the league. The Canucks have made it pretty clear, like they're not willing to to pay to get out of of his contract. So almost by default, it's like, all right, Connor, you're coming back for another season with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, man, you just got to think some of the players around the league must be so jealous of OEL right now, including Garland. <laughs> I mean, $19.5 million yeah. to do nothing. And then he goes to Florida, a team that made the Stanley Cup final, and he's going to be making over 2 schmill a year. You know, Garland's thinking, hey, well, what about me? 
I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure if sure he's a little more proud than that, I wouldn't be. I'd, I'm as shallow as they get. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, you, Garland's one of those guys. He, uh, he's a decent player. He, maybe he's one of these guys like we talked about. He needs to get better to uh, make sure their offense stays 13th or even get, even gets better. As far as big, bigger, biggest question marks for the team right now, like what are you kind of looking at as being maybe the biggest question mark for this club um, if they don't make any other significant moves before the start of the season? Well, I, th- I think for me the biggest question mark is – I know I'm going over old ground here from earlier in the conversation, but if, if Hoaglander and, and, and put Colson can just take that next step, maybe even a guy like you know Akita Hiroshi, but, you know, put Colson and Hoaglander high, relatively high draft picks, especially in the case of put Colson, that, that, that they haven't really taken that next. Or it looked like they might be taking that next up, and they didn't. I think that's the big question. Can, those, can players like that, you know, take that next step and really contribute to this team, especially offensively? I think that, to me, that's, that's the big question. I mean, I talked about my, my my keys. Obviously, those are questions as well about talk. It's coaching, a quick start to the season, a good start to, to the season, and Demko's goaltending. But if those players, those draft picks, can live up to the promise that they showed earlier, this team's going to be okay. It's it's probably one of the things that's let this team down, or it's underrated as to how much it has let this team down over the last number of years you know everybody's going to focus on the bad trades uh some some missed draft picks and and bad free agent signings but realistically they haven't been able to develop much of anything through their AHL team and it's one of the things that Jim Rutherford identified right away that they have to be better at and you know I I know development camp is going on right now but it's it's a salient point Donnie like they've got to be better at developing players whoever they are yeah I think maybe we saw a little bit of that and I think you know you know, from a geographic point of view, it's better to be in Abbotsford than Utica. And I think we saw a little bit of that at the end of the year when, you know, people like Christian Willanin and, you know, Hiroshi, although Hiroshi hadn't been in Abbotsford, but other players on, in that uh, Abbotsford organization came up to Vancouver and, and Brisebois, and they looked just fine. That defense looked just, just, put it this way. It looked just fine. It didn't look any worse. I don't know if that's much of a compliment, mm-hmm. but it certainly didn't look, look any worse. Maybe that has something to do with superior development. I'll tell you one thing that I really, I, if you're a Canucks fan, this has to be considered a positive. We heard today that there were a few players who reached out to the uh, uh, Canucks who wanted to come. We're talking about defensemen like Su- uh, like Carson Susie and Ian Cole that they were, they're impressed with what the Canucks have done from a coaching staff point of view, that they're okay. In fact, they want to work. They want to work with people like Gonchar and, and Adam Foote and Rick Talking. So that's something that's pretty positive going into, into next season. I'm, I'm with you. And the other question I have about the Canucks before we move off and, and kind of ask about what else kind of happened uh, across the free agent market, because I, I do think for once we could kind of look at other cities and be like, ha, look at these teams making mistakes, signing these players to long term deals. It wasn't Vancouver doing so this time around. But I think more than anything is, is this a club that beyond all the moves that they've made for the guys that are still here? Have they learned the lessons of the last three seasons? The North Division year, they got off to a bad start. The first year with with OEL here, they got off to a bad start. Last year, they got off to a bad start. Like, can they just not get off to a bad start? Like, that's, I think, the, the real key to the season here, isn't it? Like, it comes down to the guys that have been here as well to a big part. And I think 
that's really it. Can they at least be 500 through the first like two weeks of the season and not be, you know, trying to dig from a eight game gap, you know, three weeks into the season? Yeah, it just destroyed them last year, you know, starting out winless on the road and then 05 and 2 with a couple of home games thrown thrown in there. You're absolutely right, Sat. It's one of the keys I feel going into next season. But I was surprised. And, you know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people take shots at Mike Gillis. But that regime, the Gilman Gillis regime, went all out to make sure that they had a decent schedule, at the very least, to start the season. And um, I, I worry about the start of the season again from a schedule point of view. The one game at home against Edmonton that on the road against Edmonton and then four in the East. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's great. They can bond. Well, it didn't work last year. So that, that, that worries me. If they can get through that and it's a tough stretch going now into Florida and Tampa Bay, it's not like it used to be. If they can get through that, maybe there, there's something here, but I just don't like the way that schedule uh, sets up initially uh, given the, given the past. So if they can get through that, then maybe things will bode well for the Cox, but I'm not so sure looking at that schedule. And I think later on, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, they have something like an eight or nine game homestand. In March. Like yeah. in March. Well, great, but what's that gonna mean if you're <laughs> you're a million games out of a, a playoff spot? So I don't I don't like love the schedule. Yeah, they better be solidifying their playoff spot in that uh that March yeah. homestand, right? If it if it plays out the way they would like, and of course selling out the barn uh would be would be nice at that time of year too. Um yeah. We saw a lot of uh, interesting moves, as Sat was alluding to. I don't think anybody here feels sorry for Bo Horvat. I mean, he's got $68 million coming to the bank, so he's, he's going to be fine, Donnie. But I think Bo probably felt he was going to get away from some of the mess that was mm-hmm. here during his Canucks career. And turns out he's going into one in, in New York on the island that's uh, – I mean, from my perspective, outside of Lou Lamorello, I don't know anybody who has a sense of what the Islanders are trying to build. Yeah, I, I'm sure. You know, it's. I'm sure when he left, he thought everything was going to be fine from a competitive point of view. And look at their recent histories. You know, I mean, they made the playoffs last year; it's been pretty good. But you, you got to think he expected more. And maybe he can look in the mirror and say, maybe, maybe my contract's too rich. Maybe I'm part of the problem. But yeah, like you say, not feeling sorry for him. But he's a nice guy, and I'm sure I'm sure he expected more from the Islanders. And look, it's 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 early. Maybe they'll be okay, but it kind of looks the same. Mm-hmm. It just feels the same. It really does. And you know, the other team that was really you know scratching my head over was the Red Wings. And I just I'm just trying to make sense of a team that is still rebuilding, hasn't made the playoffs in seven years. Eisenman's been there since 2019, so now four years. It's not like it's you know just a year or two into the job and. They just look very unimpressive. I mean, they traded Philip Hironik to get more yeah. draft picks. They have more cap flexibility, but I don't think they added a better defenseman. I don't. I don't understand what's going on with the Red Wings. And if they don't start having success soon, is this whole notion that Eiserman's a genius the most overrated notion in the National Hockey League? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, you might say that. Except, you know, he can he can look at Tampa Bay's recent success and take some credit yeah. for, for that. I think it's still it's still r- early enough. Like you just assume that he knows what he's doing because he's Steve Eiserman, right? And that that doesn't that doesn't always uh, work. But there were some head scratchers, and the, the, no 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 question about it, you know. And and I know like with Zadina, it wasn't him who made that choice, but just it just uh, maybe a little crack in the armor that you didn't expect from from Steve Eiserman. Uh, so how much uh, how much BC Lions are you watching right now? They're uh, they're getting touched up by this Argos offense. 
Well, I, you know, when it started, I thought that, okay, this is it. Yeah. These guys are going to go 4-0. and they, And then Toronto made some really nice adjustments, and they've, they've picked off Vernon Adams a couple of times. It's been, it's been pretty impressive. But, hey, you forget, and I know they play in front of no one in a really strange way, a bit of a laughing stock of a franchise, even yeah. though they're a champion, because there's nobody. This upper deck in the one side is completely empty. They're a good football team, though. Yeah, they're really they're they're very good. And you forget they're the defending Grey Cup champions. I mean, Winnipeg still gets more love than Toronto, even though Toronto beat them in the Grey Cup. But they're they're good. And, and Chad Kelly looks good. His uncle's in the crowd, and, and you know I think he's one of five people who showed up for the game. Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, like they're they're a good football team, and the Lions are learning that. No, they are, and, and honestly, um, it's so early in the CFL season too. I mean, the Lions are inc- are incredibly talented on both sides of the football this season, but it's so so early in the CFL year, and you always get punched in the mouth at some point, and, and nobody goes undefeated in the CFL with so many games they got to play. So I'm curious to see how they bounce back if they if they get touched up a little bit here. So we'll see. Yeah, well, you know what? So far, they've been really good at making adjustments. I mean, I'm not, uh, obviously the Argos have made adjustments for the start of this game. But we'll see what happens in the locker room, or we'll find out what happens in the third and fourth quarter. What happened in the locker room? I think Rick Campbell's a really sharp coach, and their whole their whole coaching staff. Everybody's really sharp, so we'll we'll see what happens. Certainly, the talent's there, but Toronto's proving their worth right now. They're in a beaten team too. They're two and zero. Lions are three and zero. It's going to be a hell of a second half. Uh, Donnie, Canuck Central uh, off for the summer after this week. I uh, want to say thank you. Uh, our listeners say it as well to all your contributions through the course of the year. Thanks for this. So you guys are like off for like 20 weeks like us too? Is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> no, we're not, we don't quite get that deal, Donnie. Like, so we'll still be working sporadically through the summer. Just uh, okay. Canuck Central won't, be, uh, won't yeah. be on for most of the summer. I think I'll be here for like maybe a couple of weeks after next week. <laughs> after this week. Attaboy. Yeah, so I'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you guys, I, honestly, gosh, I, I get a lot of reaction from the Monday hits. And you guys are just great. And your knowledge is second to none. And I have a lot of fun doing, doing, doing these hits. It's been, it's been outstanding. Donnie, you're the best. Thanks for this. Anytime, guys. Uh, there is uh, Don Taylor, Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon, check TV, Monday through Friday. Yeah, no doubt. And he mentioned Philip Zadina, and we got a lot of questions on Philip Zadina. We do. I have people saying, should the Canucks claim Philip Zadina? And, I mean, I wouldn't would not have been against it. Mm-hmm. But, number one, his cap hit is prohibitive for Vancouver at 1.875. Yep. But the kicker is, and we've mm-hmm. talked about cash being an issue in the yes. National Hockey League, Philip Zadina is owed $4.56 million in cash the next two years. I'm sorry, come again? $4.56 million in cash for a guy who doesn't even play every night. So, so, so his cap hit is like $1.8 million each year. Yes. Um, but in real cash, he's owed like about a million more than, than yeah. what his cap hit suggests? This year, it's about one point nine. Next season, is $2.7 million. So it's a backloaded deal. Very backloaded, so which makes it very difficult to move. So... The only type of team that I can see taking a chance on him is the Anaheim type yeah. or a Chicago type. But even them, like because his cap hit is so much greater than his actual salary, yeah. it, it's it's pretty expensive. It's a pretty expensive bet to make. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would would they would they rather spend five million over two years for Philip Zadina or buy a draft pick for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Well, and they've shown that that that's something that they would want to do, and that's that's part of the problem with the like movement around the league is like a lot of these teams that are actually holding cap space, yeah. they're just waiting for somebody to give them a pick to take on some money, yeah. so that way they get an asset out of it rather than you know spending money needlessly in free agency. But well, they want to be cap floor teams as much as possible, so they yeah. don't spend too much money. So when they're spending any dollar above the floor, mm-hmm. especially for a team that's not going anywhere, what's the return on investment for that? Not great, right? So if it's Zadina for a team like that, even I don't know if it makes any sense. It's just it's a broke boy league right now because nobody has cash. Everybody's yeah. capped out. And again, I mentioned it. you can look at some teams and say, oh, you know, like the Rangers have five million in cap space, they have to sign Keandre Miller. So it's kind of like even the teams that have five or six million, most of them have to fill out their roster yeah. still and sign their RFAs. Chicago or Anaheim or Arizona, they would have to really, really like and believe in Zadina's upside to take on his contract. Uh, they've been willing to give a ton of money to guys like, you know, Felino and um, Corey Perry, Alex Kalorn, mm-hmm. but those are guys that they feel are going to bring tangible leadership value to their rebuilding years. I don't necessarily agree with it, but uh, that's the choice that they've made. Uh, all right. We're going to keep getting in on the Vancouver Canucks. I know we got some questions coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox as well. We'll get to those. And maybe a few thoughts on development camp as it's been going on. Plus some more on what happened around the league. We need to elaborate, I think, on not just Lou Lamorello, because I think everybody is turning up their nose at what the Islanders are doing. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned it with Donnie, Steve Eisenman. What exactly is he building with the Detroit Red Wings? It's an interesting one. We'll get to that on Canuck Central. 